0: to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker, and today we are graced with the presence of Manal Omar, who is the founder and CEO of Across Red Lines, which is dedicated to women's leadership through accessing life force energy and deeper understanding of rights through a faith lens. Manal designed and led multiple development and training projects in the Middle East and Africa and provided media and policy support on youth and gender on a global scale. She has served as the Associate Vice President for the Middle East and Africa at the U.S. Institute of Peace under the Obama Administration, she was on the Board of Directors for the International Research and Exchanges Board, and Alt Maslama. Her experience also includes serving on a, as an International Advisor for the Libya Stabilization Team in Benghazi in 2011, and working as an Oxfam UK Regional Program Manager for the Middle East. It is safe to say I am honored to have Manal on the Lehigh Valley of Love podcast and I encourage you to learn more about her and about Across Red Lines at acrossredlines.com. Thank you to Venture X for making this interview and series the future of the Lehigh Valley workforce possible. We'd like to thank Michael Bernadin of Howard Schaefer and Associates of REMAX Realty as well. And if you would like to get in touch with us about sponsorship opportunities, the email is info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com or hit up our show notes where all the information is there. We talked about a lot of uh, subjects in this episode, so I just really want to get to it. Uh, our conversation with Manal Omar. So now, thank you so much for joining me, Adventure X, today. Before we started, you, you said the the. Very interesting thing about how you wound up in Bethlehem, where we are today, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yes. Because you came from Palestine and saw Bethlehem on a map, and that made sense. Could you just talk a little bit about <laughs> how you wound up in, in our city?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, like many people with the pandemic, everything was just turned upside down for me. And I had to kind of start from scratch, including where am I going to live, how you know, where am I going to run my business? And so... Um, I say it was random, but I'm also a person who believes in angels, so I kind of opened the map. I saw Bethlehem, and I'm originally Palestinian, and I was like, that's a sign. And, you know, surrounded by Damascus, Tripoli, all these places. So I was like, I must go see this area. Um, And I was at X actually in Washington, D.C., which is where I was thinking about opening, and everything shifted to Bethlehem.
0: And so you came up here and said, "I, I love this small little city, and let's uh, let's set up a little bit of roots." We're, yeah. we're going to talk about that. But yeah. were you when you first visit here? What did you think?
1: I was thinking it's a great spot in between like D.C., New York, Philly, and Baltimore, because like that's where most of yeah. my work is, and so I'm up and down the East Coast. So I liked it kind of as an in between the other cities I work in.
0: So it's it's interesting you say that because a lot of the uh, tourism uh, when you talk about the Lia Valley is they say, "Hey, you're." You're an hour from New York City. You're you're an hour what hour and a half from New York City, an hour from Philadelphia, and it's kind of in reverse saying, yeah. Hey, you can do your base here and you're within an hour of these places. Absolutely. Which is
1: fantastic. And it's it's a lot calmer. So like you can for me I replenish, I re energize, and then I can go into the energy of the
0: city a lot more whole. I agree. It is much calmer yeah. and i I'm, <laughs> I'm happy about that. Well, we're here here to talk about your organization that I've had a chance to to learn more about and and I want to hear more from you across Red Lines. And you talk about, you just said how you need to be, you know, able to travel along the East Coast. Can you talk a little bit about your organization, how it came to be, and then what what it does? Yeah, definitely. Um, So, you know, most of my
1: career, about 30 years, was in conflict resolution and in humanitarian response. Um, After a while, I had to ask myself, what can I do other than manage conflict and maybe do a little bit more prevention? Because I think that was one of the most painful things in my career, is everything I saw was preventable.
0: So it was like you were after the fact, looking at things, saying if we trace this back, we can see where maybe...
1: Not even, like I'm in the moment. So, you know, I served in Iraq and Afghanistan and Nigeria. I'm in the moment and I'm saying, if we do this, we'll be able to avoid this type of conflict, particularly violent conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was, you know, always short-term, especially when you come to policy, you're thinking short-term versus long-term and prevention is Mm long-term. And so there's much less of an appetite, especially for, governments to do long term Mm -hmm. and so I shifted and created my own business to focus in on prevention and for me that meant two things one was women you know the absence of women in the decision-making table was just very stark for me in every negotiation I was a part of and two was fully integrated women So women who are actually owning their authentic self, because you can be a woman and still politicized and tokenized. And I think that's something I saw a lot of. Can
0: you talk about that? Like, can you expand on that a little bit when you say your authentic self?
1: So for me, I think authenticity is going to be the future currency. You know, people aren't looking at money, especially the youth. They're looking for people who can actually show up. And for me, authentic means whole. Okay. And if you look at our backgrounds, like someone like me, I'm Arab, I'm mm-hmm. Muslim, I grew up in South Carolina, I, you know, I love my adopted homeland of America. I know, it took
0: me like a, a week to read your bio, which is <laughs> so fantastic, you, yes. you,
1: you saw all that, and so you know, to come integrated is very difficult. Mm-hmm. There's always a part of me that may need to be left behind so other people will feel comfortable. When that happens, what people pick up is duplicity. Okay. And so what I try to teach people is how to show up whole. So that you're authentic without necessarily having to either hide or offend because that tends to be what we do with what I call our shadow, right? Mm -hmm. The other side of us we want to hide is we'll try to put it to the side and then we're just not as authentic. We don't mean to be, you know, hiding or
0: to be, you know, look shady. When you say hiding, does that kind of mean like I'm I'm worried what this person might think if i say or do a certain thing
1: that's partially it and i think that's a huge part of what we're living today especially in america everyone's kind of walking on eggshells a lot so it's you know as much as you may be sincere it's hard to be authentic Mm -hmm. um which is why it's so valuable Mm -hmm. and i think you know so that that is definitely one part of it the other part of it is just the masks we wear, right? We're taught from young age. Like you put on a mask to go to school and you're the good student. Mm -hmm. You go out to the playground and you may be like the rough student and like all these different masks, we've got a whole bag of them. And so over time and layers and layers, we almost forget who we really are because we have to put on these masks. I mean, you know, I can't show up as like my, you know, party self at work. I put on my professional mask. So that can really um, almost cover the authentic self.
0: And do you feel like you have to, and now we're getting down this room. Mm-hmm. but do you feel like you, you, know, you're, you have to wear some of those masks sometimes? And it is, a, is it a way of being more aware of them? definitely
1: so my whole thing is consciousness okay as long as you're consciously putting on you know whatever it is the persona the mask you know whatever it is that you're walking into the room and it's not subconscious and you know conflict tends to happen when we ignore the subconscious and it wants to be seen so it'll kind of you know sucker punch you here or say an inappropriate word there and you're like where'd that come from that's your subconscious.
0: And it is is—it is a definitely for everybody. But it's yeah. like a juggling act of, like you just mentioned, I'm in a professional setting or... You know, maybe something changes in that where I can change my mask a little bit to, to suit the situation but being aware of Absolutely. The that I'm doing.
1: And like everything, everything is a balance, right? Mm-hmm. So I want you to be authentic, but I don't want you to step in the room and emotionally vomit on people
0: and right. say that's your truth. This is my authentic I mean, yeah. this is just love me or leave me. And it's that's, and that's not, not, how not fair either. And that's
1: not usually not authentic, right? It's usually insecurity, it's sure. a
0: different mask. That's a good point. Yeah. Like okay, I I could talk about this forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Can you talk? One thing that you mentioned that that I went through and and reading about across red lines, um, you mentioned that it wasn't a revolution but a revival, and that stuck with me. Can you talk a little bit about that in terms of you know how it relates to across red lines and your mission?
1: So across red lines tends to focus on people of faith, in particular women of faith. And my whole thing is we fall in between the cracks. You know, mm-hmm. the secular movement isn't the kindest to women of faith. They tend to speak down to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, let's face it, religious institutions are pretty heavily patriarchal. <laughs> so we fall in between the cr- cracks. And so I always tell people because they assume my goal is to change religion or change texts or you know make it more you know liberal or whatever it is, and I try to get people to see when we talk about joy, when we talk about pleasure, when we talk about authenticity, it's actually the language of the divine. It's the quickest way to connect to faith. Um, And so that's why I use that sentence a lot, is I'm not trying to reform, I'm not trying to change scripture. If anything, I'm reviving Mm -hmm. faith in public life because it is the way we live. Um, And faith is anything. It doesn't have to adhere to a book. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a belief system.
0: One thing that you mentioned too, Tell me if I'm wrong, or excuse me if I'm wrong, but you said that you you were looking within your faith, you know, trying to work within it rather than, like you had just said, saying, no, I want a revolution, I'm going outside. You're saying, what can I do within my faith to better understand myself or or what I'm searching for?
1: Absolutely. Like, for me, I, I had a moment where everything was on the table. Right? Mm-hmm. I could leave religion. I could stop covering. I, like, I put everything on the table for myself. As and a, to, with that self
0: awareness, you know, yeah. You, and being you,
1: like, I'm going to be authentic. As a kid, I didn't have choice. So mm-hmm. now is my chance for choice. And I landed somewhere in my DNA. I'm a person of faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't escape it. As much as I went and tried different things, that's just what spoke to okay. me. And that's why I decided to adapt through a faith lens.
0: And that leads us to the, the "Let Love In" campaign, which started, you know, during which has probably been, I think, I can say this for many people, one of the most difficult years of their lives. Yeah. You know, talk a little bit about that "Let Love In" campaign, which people can find more about on your website, which we have the the, the link in the notes and probably on the video here. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, I think like around like you know you can call it a mid-age crisis, whatever it is, hit me at 40. And I spent a lot of time just, you know, I had so many masks and so much armor. Mm -hmm. And I spent all this time, like years, seven years, just taking off the mask, taking off the armor, trying to be raw, trying to be authentic and then I get hit by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And every part of me, the warrior, the general, was like, all right, back off. You
0: thought you had to figure it out. I had to,
1: it was in the defensive mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was scared at how much I was regressing. You know, I didn't want to interact with people outside that weren't in my inner circle. And I don't mean physically, even like Zoom and everything. I was just isolating, isolating. And I know that when we have energy as strong as fear and the unknown that the pandemic unleashed, there's really only one counter, which is energy love, mm-hmm. and I would say the vibration of love is probably the closest thing to God in itself, and so I wanted to really remember what I love, and I'm just that person who has to share, so I started mm-hmm. asking my friends, and then suddenly I'm getting all these videos, and not just from America, I got from Costa Rica, sure. from Malaysia, all these submissions. I mean, your base isn't,
0: you know, we, we're, this is Leah Valley, but yeah. people understand, your base is international. Yeah, so,
1: well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't right. expect all these videos to come in from, like, okay. literally the world. Right. You know, I, I have an ambassador from London who's now part of the campaign, the first submission was the first Iraq. It was actually the Iraqi ambassador really? who negotiated the withdrawal of troops. He was our first submission for Let Love It.
0: And that's amazing.
1: It's amazing. It blew my yeah. mind. I'm, like, I'm still like amazed by it.
0: It was a poem. It. it
1: was like the most beautiful poem about how talking about authenticity. <laughs> it was like, what's happening? That's you know? amazing. And so that campaign just launched and we hope to use it as a way to have dialogue so that we're not so scared to share our opinions and our authentic self. I mean, let's face it. We're really scared to come out whole today.
0: It's, yeah. I mean, even, you know, doing podcasts like this or you know, without getting too much into my stuff that you're like, I just, I want to not yeah. go out. I don't. Want to do this? It's a little bit not, it's it's not a it's so much of a fear, it's just an unknown, an unknown, yeah. And the best way to deal with an unknown is maybe not to face it, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least if you're trying to be yeah. protective, so yeah. But that brings me then to you know, talking if we're talking about let love in, this has to go to talking about you know difficult things, yeah. And you are good at that, <laughs> you know, watching the, the videos on your website. You know, one of the things that you bring up is you, you know, you need to talk about. Difficult things. You need to talk about things that make people uncomfortable, especially. Well, I, mean, I say perhaps in faith, and you can speak about that. But why is it important to to talk about things that maybe people don't want to talk about? Yeah.
1: So it's it's a key to being whole. It's almost that simple. So every time, um, and if you look at it from the lens of psychology, um, it's Carl Jung's shadow theory. Okay. And so he says we all have a shadow, like the physical shadow as well as kind of this mental energetic shadow in us. And if we don't shed light on it, then it finds ways to sabotage us. Uh I don't tend to believe in self-sabotage, I believe in Uh self-preservation. So there's a part of us that thinks this really bad habit is protecting us. Okay, and sure. so that's why you want to well, let it go. Or it makes you
0: comfortable and you're safe in it.
1: Safe is always a tricky thing, right? Because the mind's job is to right. scan for danger and create safety. So it's always scanning. Mm-hmm. So you can always create danger. You can always create safety. The mind is very powerful. I think what I try to do is get you to sit in that discomfort. Because the best way to really let go of negative emotion is to actually feel it. Mm-hmm. It's It will just... Go so much quicker, and we spend all this energy resisting the sure. discomfort. Right. Sit, ten- yes. I do this with my nieces and nephews. We have this phrase where we're like, sit in discomfort, sit in discomfort. And it really is not fun when they throw it back at me, which they do a lot, <laughs> like, you're uncomfortable, sit in discomfort. But it's a line we do, and then in 10 minutes, that bad mood, that temper tantrum, whatever it is, really does pass because you allowed the feeling to emerge. You know, you're not just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. So, you
0: know, when this feeling comes to the fore, you're not saying no. No. You're going, what? Who
1: are you? We, what, what's going on? Let's see what's up. And I love the way you just said that because that's the best way to do it is curious. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to break something. Why? You know? Yeah. I can't stand this person. Why? Right? And not making them wrong and not making you wrong. Right? That's where the curiosity is really
0: important. This brings us, this is great. This brings us back right to what I want to <laughs> talk about. Um, you, you mentioned. Something in one of your videos that you didn't start asking the right questions until you were 40. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm 40. And, you know, the last years, the last year has brought to me, you know, a lot of uncomfortable questions about life and friendship and, and all those sort of things. Can you talk about more about that? Like, what do you, what do you mean by saying I, I didn't start asking the right questions until that age? And, and then, well, we'll talk more about We can start with that.
1: Yeah. I think, um, so a couple of things, right? So now I'm questioning everything. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning the social contract between citizen and government. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning my own faith and my relationship to God. So there are all these questions, which obviously is creating a lot of discomfort. Uh, before 40, I don't think I had enough tools. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually am really glad I didn't ask those questions because I think it, the, the questions that I really forced myself to face um, were existential. You know, like 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 there were days I couldn't get out of bed. There were days I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I was just like, I don't like any of the stuff I'm looking at, and Mm -hmm. I don't know any of the answers. Um, And I think that's where why faith is so important to me is I Mm -hmm. told myself, have faith in your faith. Question and allow. Just the universe to respond with answers. Like, don't have any preconceived. And I just, again, I would not have been able to do that before 40. Like, I needed tools. And I had enough tools in my toolbox that I could be so daring. And that's why I share them through Across Red Lines. Because I think it's very dangerous to get into existential questions without proper tools and without an enabling environment.
0: I, I mean... I agree with that because you, know, you can start going down the existential road and that yeah. can be dark. it can be dark. It's always dark. Right. <laughs> Without the proper like, hey, I know that you're thinking about that but this is maybe yeah. a, a way that I've encountered it and yeah. dealt with it. So I can definitely
1: yeah. relate to that. And that's the sitting in discomfort. Don't be afraid of the dark. Mm. Too much light is torture. Right. You need to make peace with balance. the balance and also like that dark side came from a good place. Like I always talk about my shot. I'm very jealous. Like I feel bad for anyone I date. I'm like super jealous. <laughs> okay. And so like it's a shadow I own versus mm-hmm. try to make wrong. Um, I let my partner know exactly how to like, you know, reassure me. Like, I don't deny the existence of that shadow. And
0: I would imagine that you're working on that while you're, while you're acknowledging it. And, and, a little bit,
1: because I also don't make myself fe- or my feelings wrong. Okay. Right? So like if, if I'm feeling a certain way, my first job is to soothe that feeling. Okay. Right? And so if I'm working on it and stuff, then what I'm doing is I'm pushing it deeper into the shadow. It's gonna hide from me because I'm trying to like, it becomes an existential threat for that feeling, right? right? So it's gonna hide from me. By actually soothing, by actually giving it attention, the feeling over time has become ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm actually giving it, the best way to kill guilt and shame is give it words. Okay. Immediately, you give it words, then the person in front of you can be like, well, I understand this is your story, here's my story, here's this, and you're actually having that dialogue versus me filling in all the blanks myself. Yeah. So I didn't even have to work on it. Just over time, it almost became ridiculous because everyone around me knew where I, like, just knew me. It's that simple. Like, they didn't have to accommodate me. Like, no one's job is to make me feel better. It's my job. Mm-hmm. But they knew enough oh, okay. about me and they cared enough that that kind of just, it's like a knot that just... Dissolved in its own. Right,
0: because we had talked about you know the, the the number forty. Just because I'm I turned forty this yeah. year, and you look back at maybe some of the things or the ways that you acted or things that you maybe even believed, even if they're you know somewhat mundane, just like daily things or way you interact with other people, and you you hit that maybe age where you feel like, well, I'm too old. What are you talking about? How can <laughs> I change now? Why is it important to not care about what age that happens?
1: Oh, definite. First of all, with neuroplasticity, right, and this is the neuro- Neuroscience of the brain—you um, can actually rewire and alter the brain at any age, okay. and we know this through PTSD, through trauma, and through a lot of research that was done around soldiers and and people with like historical genetic trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really literally rewire at any point in time. I've worked with people who are in their 70s and 80s. So like, it, it, if anything, some of the women in their 80s like totally leaped mm-hmm. over some of the women in their 20s, which <clears throat> shocked me because I was anticipating the older well, generation resisting.
0: That yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that would be?
1: I think that there I think there was less to lose, right? Okay. Like reputation yeah. in your twenties, you're thinking of getting married. Your reputation. Yeah,
0: your eighties, you're like, all right, let's talk
1: real, you know? And so I'm you know, and this is part of what I try to do is get those women more their voice out. Um, but forty is also a magical number. Okay. Um it's number that that solidifies habits so if you do something for 40 days i have a whole workshop on 40 days of pleasure because it'll solidify a habit and i always remind people it's also the age of the prophets. most prophets got their messages in their 40s which that? which tells you <laughs> you need tools you and maturity nice. and experience yeah
0: i guess the only thing is like i feel bad is i thought i had some things figured out you yeah know, five years ago you look at it like i had no like what are you thinking what, you know but that's part of the journey
1: yeah and also you know. so so i so i have asked the same questions since i was like seven mm-hmm. right is there a god sure. what does happiness look like do i belong anywhere like all these basic questions and i tend to come back every 10 to 15 years to the exact questions and it bothered me how mm-hmm. am i still asking yeah. the same question since i was seven and i realized that it's a spiral Right. So I'm coming back to the same question, but it's a much more elevated position. Sure. So like, you you know, you're not wrong. You were right at the time, but now you have so much data points. You have so much experience, everything. So you're you're asking questions and refiguring something you thought you figured out. But again, don't make the past wrong versus it's just elevated. It's just at a higher level
0: before we talk about like VentureX in here I, and now I'm going to put you on the spot I told you I wouldn't do this is there something that somebody can do today just right now after listening to this that maybe could could help them if, say they're struggling with some of the things we talked about or, or they're having self-doubt or anything is there like just a one thing maybe they can start with or is it two? is that way too I mean there's
1: there's I mean one thing there's I would say tap into the inner child and be kind to it that's almost always going to be the secret to unlocking whether it's an insecurity, whether it's stagnation you feel stuck, sometimes anger, it's usually the secret is with that little kid in you Mm -hmm. connect with it Um, so one of the things I did for an entire year, my kid loves ice cream like anytime i wanted ice cream i I thought i was gonna get diabetes like my kid was just ice cream ice cream it's kind of like jealousy it dissipated okay over time by just shedding light on the inner child like so much in itself just started to dissolve so people out there who are listening who really want that one Mm -hmm. thing that's it you connect with the inner child you unleash magic
0: yeah this has been just this is fascinating, and I hate that we're condensing it because I really <laughs> want people to go check out your website. It's it's fascinating just with all the the information. That being said, where we are now in Venture X, you know, shared workspace in, in South Bethlehem, um, why is this a good spot for you? What what allows you to you know do your work um, more effectively or or as effectively and having a space like this? So I have to say, this
1: is a very unique and different spot. Mm-hmm. So I've been part of a lot of you know. You know, sure, yeah. we were, oh, I shouldn't name names, but like okay. other, <laughs> I've been part of like all these other groups in Baltimore and think. Um, what Terence has created here is very different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can put my finger on it. I'm very much an unseen energy person. Okay. Um, but the energy here is collaborative. Yeah. It's creative. Um, it's the electric. Peop- it's electric. There's
0: nobody in here I walk in and I'm, I'm like right? ready to work. Right? <laughs> totally.
1: It's like, I'm, and I've been in other places where, you know, we go, it's full, everyone keeps their head down, everyone's got their headphones on and, you know, we have that space to do that here. Um, but I don't know the answer. I just know that the ability to co-create is just so much stronger in this space than any other space I've experienced. Um, so I would say specifically VentureX and Terrence is what pulled me into this building. And then once I heard about the history of Mor- Monrovia
0: College. Moravian. Mor- that's you see, it. I'm the current alumni president. So. Okay, well we need and to talk. it's Moravian talk. University now.
1: Okay. It just changed. But. We need to talk okay, because well. <laughs> that story just is, it, it's almost the story of Across Red Lines, just hearing about it. It makes me sad that not enough Americans know the history of Historic Bethlehem, which is one I went down and thing. And we're actually planning a dialogue now in Historic Bethlehem. Um, And that was just like being in the street and think, people, come, talk. What do you do? Here's my card. Let's collaborate. And I haven't had that in a, and it's not just the pandemic i haven't had that in a while that's so it great. feels really
0: good it's great to hear like yeah. even where we're here now you know i'm being collaborative with brian i'm being collaborative, and it's fin- it's great that we're able to do it in a way that's like yeah yeah let's do it let's yeah. see what happens
1: absolutely and i mean that's the best way to do it because otherwise right territorial prescription but like no people are you know what it's playful that's what i like is people are co-creating through play okay
0: and I hate to let you go. We're already, we're already way over what really we are talked about, but I'm fine with that. I, I definitely would love to talk to you again and yes. to learn. Learning about your story and even just talking today has made me a little more pumped up. Yeah. Like it, it's it's, just, it's nice to be, this is one of the you know, first times that we've been back out and we're, we're recording and, and meeting with people again. So it's, yeah. it's been, like in some ways you're like, what do I expect? You're like, I've been doing it. I meet people every day. But it's, it's fun to be out and collaborating on a business level again yeah.
1: and Definitely, definitely. So what are
0: the plans for the future? I mean, clearly people can can visit your website and, and get more information about what you're doing. I know that you have um retreats that that you you have through and people can find more information about that is that is there anything big coming up or is it more like just following along with those events well
1: i would say one is definitely people i would love if people submitted let love in videos it's just like 30 seconds of what do you love i hope you do even like tomorrow just like the the thing that you're doing outdoors like something simple what do you love Um, and then after let love in is we hope to actually launch a dialogue around like values and how we would create basically a new dream That's that's where I see the Let Love In campaign going. And the more people who participate, the more we can really redefine the American dream. So I would love to get as many voices into that campaign as possible. And then 2022, we have a whole tour. We're planning Iceland, we're planning Costa Rica, we're planning here in Pennsylvania, actually not far from Bethlehem. So keep your eye out for the dates of the tours.
0: Okay. Manal, thank you so much. This has been, honestly, it's been a pleasure to meet with you and and talk to you and I wish you all the best. And hopefully we'll do some more stuff I hope so that would be awesome alright thank you great thank you again a big thank you to Manal for coming on the show and you know spending some time with us it was an incredible interview Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as well please again visit AcrossRedLines.com that information is in our show notes so we can learn more about her, her organization and her as well Again, if you'd like to get in touch with us about sponsorship opportunities or if you'd like to be a guest, you can go to info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com. Send us an email there. We would like to thank, again, Venture X and Michael Bertadin of Howard Schaefer and Associates with Remax Realty. Uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you.
1: Looking for a bigger home? Find Mike. Looking to downsize? Find Mike. Looking for a home in the Poconos? Find Mike. Looking for your very own bat cave? Find Mike. When looking to navigate the Lehigh Valley real estate market, the first move is to always find Mike Bernadon with Howard Schaefer and Associates of RE-MAX Real Estate. He can help you build the right game plan to achieve all your real estate goals. Whether it be a home with 10 bathrooms, a home with a large garage to park your Tesla or vintage Ford Pinto, or just something perfect for you and your family, finding Mike Bernadine is always the best way to go. So, what are you waiting for? To make all your Lehigh Valley real estate dreams come true, all you have to do is find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate.